Welcome back to Women in STEM. Today I'm going to be introducing Jerusalem Grace Kuplo. So Jerusalem, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so like Prop said, I'm Jerusalem Grace Kuplo. I'm a recent graduate from the University of Washington where I majored in bioengineering and right now I'm a consultant at Accenture. Before I get into your journey about like how you got interested in consulting, I want to talk about bioengineering. Can you tell me a little bit more where your interest for bioengineering came from? Yeah, so I was really interested in bioengineering because while I was taking classes at school, I found that I really liked math and science, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I also liked medicine and like the idea of you know helping patients yeah. and stuff like that. So the reason why I chose bioengineering was because it's a good intersection between medicine and engineering. What specifically did you want to do in bioengineering? Specifically with bioengineering, I wanted to work with stem cells and regenerative medicine mm -hmm. and see how I can be able to use those technologies to kind of improve cures. So like when I was doing research at the University of Washington, a lot of my research was with Alzheimer's disease and mm -hmm. trying to see if we can model that disease uh, through stem cells. Um, so did this all stem from like high school or like did people guide you through this process or did this just, you know, come to you in college? Yeah, so I kind of knew that I wanted to do engineering in high school and then I think just seeing like family members go through illness and see kind of that there weren't that many options available in terms mm -hmm. of like solutions and cures, that really motivated me to continue with bioengineering and kind of stick stick with it. And did you have a support system here in college as well? Yeah, definitely. So I had a lot of friends and family. Um, so yeah, I have strong family. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of people that were helping me out there. And then in terms of campus life, I had a lot of friends and I joined a lot of engineering clubs. Yeah. Um, the biggest one or the most impactful one that I joined was NSBE, which is the National Society of Black Engineers. Mm -hmm. And that club really, really helps me foster a sense of community, especially as a person of color on campus in the STEM field. There aren't that many people yeah. in engineering. And so when I was frustrated with that lack of diversity and STEM, it was so nice to be able to connect with other people that look like me. I think with bioengineering, I was very blessed in that there was a good like variation in terms of the amount of men and women in the classes. So most of my classes were 50% men and 50% women, which is pretty unheard of in most engineering backgrounds. So yeah, it was nice having like a lot of like girls in the class that I could talk to. Um, but in terms of diversity with like race and ethnic identity, yeah. there weren't as many underrepresented minorities. And so that's something that I personally found frustrating. Everyone in the bioengineering department was amazing. They're really supportive. Mm -hmm. And so I was definitely able to connect with students and faculty. I think it was just something, you know, where like when you walk into a class, especially classes at UW, they're like hundreds of students. You want to be able to see someone that looks like you. Although I was able to connect with all of my students and peers and they were really warm and welcoming I still kind of felt that longing for you know connecting with people who looks like me and kind yeah. of not feeling like an outsider in that right so you mentioned Nesby which is your can you can you say, say it again what it was yeah National Society of Black Engineers okay can you tell me the opportunities that came from there for you like why it was the most useful yeah so aside from the fact that everyone there is super friendly and easy <laughs> and nice to talk to um, there were a lot of career opportunities so Nesby did a really great job of prepping me for internships, you know, hmm. like full-time job opportunities. We also hosted the Diversity Career Fair in Winter oh, nice. Quarter, which is one of the biggest uh, career fairs like on campus. Huh. Um, and so before each career fair, we would always have like resume review sessions where we would have people from industry come and tell us how we can speak with recruiters and really stand out as a candidate. 
So is that how you got involved in consulting at Accenture? Yeah, so I actually found out about Accenture through Nesby. There were a couple company reps that came in and they were talking about Accenture and all the work that they do and how, although they are consultants, they do look for people with an engineering background. Um, oh, and so that was something I got you know, excited about. And what's your role now with Accenture? So now with Accenture, I'm a management consulting analyst, which pretty much means that anytime a business has problems and they want to get like a second opinion, they mm -hmm. bring in consultants to kind of help solve their problems as well as oh, give nice. them like a fresh perspective on things. Does this still go back to relate to your whole stem cell project or what you're interested in with healthcare? Yeah, so I really got, got excited and interested in Accenture because they do a lot of work with life science clients mm -hmm. so a lot of the big like pharmaceutical companies as well as like you know the Department of Health and like healthcare they work with them a lot and so you know because I have this technical background in bioengineering I wanted to learn more about the industry from like mm -hmm. a more business standpoint that, that way sense. I can have like a full understanding of like how amazing this field is what would you say is like throughout your journey what would you have changed I think the only thing I would have changed was just like get involved more sooner you know mm -hmm. so i joined nesby my sophomore year it was hands down the best decision i made in college <laughs> and i really wish that i joined earlier you know like yeah. i guess like as a freshman i had wanted to join nesby but i had like a chemistry lab chem 142 lab <laughs> and it was on tuesdays from 5 30 to 8 30 which mm. is like around when their meetings met so there's kind of that time conflict but i feel like most freshmen when they come into UW, especially stem majors they want to focus so much on their gpa and make yeah. sure you know they're like 408 every class which is like pretty impossible so like that's okay you don't have to borrow your classes like you can still get in your major I found that a lot of STEM students myself included really were focusing too much on our grades and like we weren't focusing on the extracurriculars because as much as the grades matter it's really about like those internship kind of career opportunities yeah. that you get that really make your experience the extracurricular activities yeah, yeah exactly kind of like having that balance you know mm -hmm. yeah were there any other groups that you joined or did you just stick with Nesby? So I stuck predominantly with Nesby. I did help out with the WISE Club. So mm. that's Women in Science and Engineering. Yeah. And that was a really great resource. And then because like I was really involved in the Department of Bioengineering, I actually got on their diversity committee because I wanted to make sure that they started recruiting more underrepresented students. Yeah. And kind of like doing like outreach, especially for high school mm -hmm. students, because like the really earlier cool. you like teach kids about STEM and get them interested in it, the better they'll like stick with it. Actually, that leads to my next question about the future of women in STEM. Like, where do you personally see it going? Um, so the future of women in STEM, I honestly think that we have like a really bright future. I know there's mm -hmm. so many amazing women that are doing research and that are just working really hard and making all these like amazing advancements um, in STEM. So like, for example, the lab that I worked in was at the UW Med Center in the Department of Neurology. And almost every single person in that lab was a woman. Oh, which was awesome. so inspiring yeah <laughs> it was so amazing because it's like you know it really shows that you can really like work hard and you can achieve great things such as like being a PI which mm -hmm. is like the head of the lab or even being like a research associate um, stuff what like does that. PI stand for uh, PI is personal investigator no principal investigator Prin yeah, my bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not in CSI here yeah <laughs> no yeah. that's cool so um wanted to ask you like where do you want it to go like the future for women in STEM especially yeah. for like people of color like where do you mm -hmm. want that to go so I want Okay, so for people and women of color, I want um, STEM to be attainable and yeah. easily attainable. So mm -hmm. a lot of the times when I would tell like 
people like, oh yeah, like I'm pursuing bioengineering, they would look at me and kind of like do a double take, like really, you're pursuing bioengineering? That's like so crazy, how can mm-hmm. you do it? Like I want it to be such a commonplace thing where women and people of color can just say, yes, I'm an engineer, I'm a scientist, I'm yeah. a mathematician, and people won't give them a double take or mm-hmm. say like, wow, that's so amazing. Like it is amazing, but I want it to be commonplace so that- Yeah, like natural. First, exactly, so like when I Google engineer, I don't have a bunch of like white men popping up on Google. <laughs> What happens right now it's kind yeah. of frustrating a lot of people yeah. can't even name like an engineer off the top of the head that's not exactly a, a man yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you mentioned attainable and easy i kind of want to ask about like your journey specifically was it attainable and easy um like in terms of getting in the major or like yeah, finishing let's, or... let's start with getting in the major okay. and then we'll go through it <laughs> yeah so in terms of getting in the major i was actually a direct admit into the department of bioengineering so pretty much when i applied to uw mm-hmm. i said bioe was my first choice and then i kind of wrote a little blurb about why i was passionate about it yeah um so that that was really nice because I didn't have to worry about, you know, like applying to my major at the end of the two years. I know for other STEM students who are applying to their major, it's a really stressful time because like I said, sometimes not all departments will focus on like holistic um, reviews and applications. So BioE does a really great job of it, but I know some other majors don't always have that primary focus. So after you get in, which is amazing, congrats. Um, (laughs) Congrats to you. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So staying in is probably one of the hardest things I found because you know you're so close you're like you know you have like the last lap you're like almost done with this marathon race but you just have to kind of have that end goal in mind and Mm -hmm. know that like no matter what you'll have that support system to kind of like put you through all of those steps yeah so you just take it like a day at a time honestly yeah exactly yeah don't get like overwhelmed by it with everything I feel like when people say don't get overwhelmed by something no matter what happens you're gonna get overwhelmed by it totally and that's that's why you have that support system those friends and family to kind of like take you down a couple notches yeah like so that's pretty much what you meant by attainable and easy like you just want people to know that like once you're like there yeah you know that you are like allowed to be there yeah you deserve to be there and not have that like imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. you know where it's like oh I don't belong here I am not qualified I'm only here because I'm a black woman like no No, I'm here because I'm smart and I'm awesome (laughs) and that doesn't make me cocky you know saying that like that's honestly I feel like especially as like women and people of color um we're supposed to like society thinks we're supposed to be super humble and Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to kind of have that confidence but honestly if you don't have that confidence no one else is going to believe in you so it's yeah. like you might as well just like toot your own horn and um, believe in yourself yeah believe in yourself and be proud of your accomplishments so like back to the whole acceptance thing mm-hmm. in the moment like when you got the acceptance did you feel like it was they had anything to do because you were black woman in STEM or was it because you know you honestly like you've said you know I'm smart and you're awesome yeah. and you deserve it so. yeah so I thought I knew that I got in <laughs> you know because of my merit um okay. definitely when I you know told some people at my high school they were like oh that's so interesting you know those like kind of petty shady comments um where they definitely don't think I got in based on my merit yeah um, but yeah I definitely knew so, so as long as you that know. confidence in yourself. Yeah, that's all. So that how matters. do you deal with the other people though? Like a lot of people feel so frustrated when yeah. like you're around this whole like you know all these people that are just yeah. like oh yeah you totally not get in because you deserve it like yeah it's just because they wanted to bump their diversity or whatever mm-hmm. like how do you deal with that? Yeah, so me personally, I use that as motivation to honestly nice. prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's so amazing when you can go back and just you know like 
show it in their face and be like, mm-hmm. you know what, you think that I couldn't do this, but I actually did it and I did it better than you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that that sounds kind of like weird, but like, honestly, you have to have that like motivation and that drive. And so part of it was for me, like I'm really passionate about math and science, but yeah. another part was like, no, like I want to prove these people wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there any part of you that was passionate about science and math? Like, you know, from the beginning, because like English wasn't your forte or like, you know, arts and social sciences. Like, yeah. how did the whole like math and science even get into you in the first place? Yeah. So actually, um, I mean, when I, to be completely honest, when I was like in middle school and like early on in high school, I actually mm-hmm. wanted to be an English major. Nice. I thought that I would actually go into journalism because okay. I really liked reading and writing. And oh, look at um, that. You missed out. I know, right? <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, so I really wanted to go into English and that more like social sciences aspects. Mm-hmm. But um, once I got into like my junior and senior year, I found that math and science kind of like challenged me like mm-hmm. more. Um, and I like challenge. So that's kind of what yeah. I gravitated towards. But I did find that having like good communication skills and being able to read and write effectively mm-hmm. actually made me like a strong competitive applicant when it no, came to for jobs. Sure, for sure. Because like, one thing that some engineering departments don't emphasize as much is like having those soft skills quote unquote where it's like you need to be able to communicate you need to be able to read and write and like that's definitely one of the most important skills yeah i think a lot of people take that for granted because like oh writing comes naturally it's easy but like it actually doesn't like you know it's a lot of effort editing reporting Mm -hmm. like gathering information all your due diligence like there's Mm -hmm. so much like involved just in stem so it's like it's pretty cool so I wanted to ask you about like back to high school. Like, were there any other people like you that were on this path as well towards STEM? Towards STEM, um, like people of color. And yeah, women? people of color and women. Yeah. yeah. So in my high school, I actually had like a lot of women that were in my classes. Mm-hmm. It was a similar thing where there weren't as many people of color. That's also because the city that I lived in didn't have as much diversity. Oh, where are you? From? I'm from uh, Linwood, Washington, okay. Mount Lake Terrace, Washington, that area. So it's about 20 minutes north of Seattle. And at least when I was at high school at the time, there weren't as many you know people of color there. Yeah. Um, now I know they're definitely like growing and increasing which is amazing when I was in high school I definitely had people that looks like me and you know I was great friends with them it was awesome and they were also in like STEM AP Mm -hmm. honors classes so that was kind of nice to see okay so you guys all kind of you know went to this together yeah yeah definitely was the transition to college difficult for you like keeping up with the STEM field yeah, I think the honestly the hardest thing about that college, high school to college transition was that I was so used to like getting straight A's. I know that sounds kind of like <laughs> no, no, you know, because yeah. like in high school you really don't have to study and you can like you can ace yeah, <laughs> it. Honestly, you can study maybe like a couple hours before the test or maybe a day before the test mm-hmm. and you can go in and at least get like a B plus or whatever mm-hmm. you know your ideal grade is. But in college, I would study like intense, intense, long amounts of time and I wouldn't get the grades that I wanted which is really Mm -hmm. frustrating to me because you know UW's like an amazing college where there's like yeah where everyone's so awesome so your awesomeness is like the average so that was kind of like a (laughs) tough pill to swallow yeah I know in high school you feel like you're the star and then Mm -hmm. you come out of the college you're like wait everyone here is a star exactly (laughs) how do I yeah how do I excel how do I shine Mm -hmm. how did you like yeah how did you feel like you know you got to stand out I think it just comes back to kind of having that balance and making sure that your college experience is well-rounded. So like definitely Mm -hmm. focus on doing well on like midterms and tests 
things like that. Mm -hmm. But also remember that you're a college student and you need to be involved in like, you know, RSOs, like clubs and organizations. And then also kind of have that like mental health like break, you know, like you Mm -hmm. need to be able to kind of take time for yourself and put your health above everything else. I think that's really important. I think a lot of people forget that self-care is so so important. Definitely. Yeah. So like any recommendations for people like you, people of color, women Mm -hmm. who are now um, in STEM fields or have the you know, want to be? I think the biggest recommendation that I have for women and people of color interested in STEM or who people who are already in STEM is just believe in yourself. Always believe yourself and never doubt yourself. There will be times when you won't think that, you know, like you're smart enough or you're good enough. Mm-hmm. But as long as you kind of have that like inner sense of self and like knowledge of like, I'm awesome and I can do anything I put my mind to, like you'll be fine. I think a part of that really comes with taking time for yourself and making sure that you have like a good relationship with yourself and then also having that support system of family and friends. So what is your goal now? Like where are you headed with STEM or with you know consulting? So my goal right now is to continue consulting and then also you know get a lot of experience in those like biotechnology areas like with working with those companies and consulting. I think another thing that I'm really passionate about is like mentoring and outreach. So I know at times it was hard for me going through college and I want to make that experience easier for other students and women of color. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to do that like any way I can. So whether it be through reviewing someone's resume, telling Mm -hmm. someone to apply to this internship, or like just being like a sounding board and being there for like my friends and family. Like, yeah, I think. Well, look at that. You basically just did that for 20 minutes over here. (laughs) Everyone who's listening to this, Jerusalem is amazing. And she's done a lot for me personally. So yeah, thank you so much, Jerusalem, for coming on my podcast. Any last words? Thank you again for having me. I'm just so happy and excited that all of these people are interested in STEM, especially women and people of color. Nice. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Ever wondered what junk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates, where I ask that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.